I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. What's up, folks? Welcome in. we got a good show on tap for you today. Coming up in 15 minutes, Bruce Marshall, editor of The Gold Sheet, will be with us. We're going to discuss a lot of college hoops today because after Bruce Marshall, Aaron Moore, Pointsford Weekly contributor, professor of sports media over at Ryder University, is going to be with us. Got a lot of big picture topics to discuss with Aaron, who was with us last week. Love talking, Aaron. A lot of college hoops to talk about today. Conference tournaments underway. And um, here's what I found out this morning. Okay. Rick Patino is not going to go to Maryland. I'm sure. Huh? Uh, go ahead. He's not going to leave Iona for Maryland. He said so. You've got to take Rick Pitino out of his work. He's not going to leave Iona. You're right. For Maryland. For Maryland. <laughs> that, that is the key right there. I'm sure if another better job opens up, I'm sure Rick Pitino probably uh, would find his way away from Iona. But that's just me. But you know what we did find out, too, last night? Kenny Pickett has small hands. Oh, that's true, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kenny Pickett, only, what is it, eight-inch hands? Eight and a half. Uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half, half inch Sorry. hands. Smallest Hands of uh, any quarterback who would be in the NFL right now. Dante Culpepper hands. What was Dante Culpepper's hands like? You know, I don't he? know about that. Uh, I think he had small the hands. The guy who had famously small hands was Dave Craig. Just before your time, Dave Craig fumbled a lot. Uh, let's see. Nine-inch hands for Dante Culpepper, it looks like. So, uh, not the smallest. I always remember Dante Culpepper having small hands. So, with that, we're going to go you know under on quarterbacks in the first round because <laughs> Kenny Pickett is not going to get drafted in the first round, right? No, he will get drafted in the oh, first round. Oh, okay. Malik Willis will be drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll talk NFL draft later. What? We got, I thought we were going to open up with the dance We have plenty stuff. of hoops to talk about. Uh, we do. Uh, let's start, though. We, there's a lot of college basketball. But let's start with the NBA because we had quite a shocking result last night in the association, mainly because of the way that it ended, not so much the final result. 120-119, to 119, the final score between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. Bucks come storming back at home to get a big win over the Miami Heat. How about this? Bucks break the trend. This is from ESPN Stats and Info. The Bucks outscored the Heat by 15 points in the final six minutes to win. Entering Wednesday, teams were 2 and 488 when trailing by 14 or more points in the final six minutes of regulation this season. So that is two wins and 488 losses wow. when trailing by 14 or more points in the final six minutes of regulation this season. I mean, that's sick if, uh, if you had a Heat money line bet. Oh, and you yeah. see a trend like that, two and four eighty-eight. That makes you sick that you lost that game last night. If you had a Bucks money line bet, uh, consider yourself very lucky <laughs> yeah. uh, that you got off the hook with that. And uh, I'll say this: you know, my Miami Heat, yes, are going to be fine because Jimmy Butler is not going to shoot two for fourteen too often. Mm-hmm. 
And eventually Kyle Lowry is going to be back. I was going to say, and Kyle Lowry is going to be the one defending Drew Holiday on a potential game-winning basket, not Gabe Vincent, right? Right. So He's going to be okay. Uh, but, yeah, Jimmy Butler had a really bad game last night, and uh, the Bucks took advantage down the stretch. I, th- I still think that it's a uh, four-team race in the East. And uh, <clears throat> last night just, I think, kind of reinforced my belief in the Miami Heat because – they controlled that game in Milwaukee last night with Butler playing so poorly and with no Kyle Lowry on the floor. And, um, you know, I continue to be encouraged by Miami, and it's it's upside. Can I tell you something? There's sure. two things that stuck out from yesterday. One, uh, you know, I'm not encouraged by the late-game scenario here from the Miami Heat. Well, the late-game scenario well, I'm gonna take you back. I'm very gonna take discouraging. You back. I'm yeah. going to take you back. Um, the bubble. Oh, I remember the that. The East I, semifinals. I saw the Miami up one nothing. I watched it. You watched the, the video I posted? 15 seconds left. They can't even can't, inbound the ball. Can't get the ball inbounds. Right? I and know. then again here, they almost got called for Because, you know, if we're going to remember the Jimmy Butler jump ball, whatever, they also got almost got called for a five-second violation yeah. trying a, to inbound a, the ball earlier. That's fixable. It is? It's been two years? It's fixable. <laughs> it's two Not years. Concerned. They still can't figure it out. I'm, I'm, I'm unconcerned about uh, you can press a panic button if you want. I'm not. I, okay. It's over. After last night, I'm out <laughs> on the Miami. No. But I will say, actually, too, and Kyle Lowry, I think, does help to a certain extent. But one of the things that I've brought up to you with Miami, and this is what happened in you know the late stretch of this game, when games are tight, games slow down. You play more half-court possessions. Mm-hmm. Half-court offense didn't look great for Miami down the stretch. So I think like if there's a weakness for Miami, again, you're not punting on them. Like you're saying, you're absolutely correct. But if you're pointing out a weakness for Miami, I think at near or at the top of the list is their half-court offense offense at times can get pretty uh, uh, clunky, we'll call it. And I think that's going to be a problem. Even with Kyle Lowry out there, it's been yeah. kind of clunky at times. Yeah, that's true. But uh, when Lowry's back and Jimmy Butler's not shooting two for 14, things are going to look a lot better for the Heat. Um, I, I'm really actually fired up for the Eastern Conference playoffs. Oh, I think it's going to be great. You're going to have eight quality teams in that bracket. You know, th- there have been years we've talked about, man, how bad, how weak is the bottom of the East? That's right. not the case this year. I actually – I think this is going to be a really good playoffs in those top four. It's going to be fascinating to see who comes out of that pack. You talk about the Bucks, the Brooklyn Nets, Philly, Miami. And you can throw Boston, Chicago in there, even though I don't think they're on the level of those top four. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not sure if I would even want to take a future on the Heat to win the East. I think the better way to do it is probably just bet the series prices and roll it over, mm-hmm. and you probably get more value. Uh, that way, because I, <clears throat> I have not seen odds on the Heat that have been attractive enough uh, for me to bet it yet. I've got them at twelve to one to win the NBA Finals, but that was just uh, I think this number is going to shrink, and it has it's like ten to one. Yeah, so that's why I think if you roll yeah. over the series prices in you're the right. East, you're going to get better than six to one potentially in the I mean, Eastern Conference, right? You're talking about them being the, well, because that's the thing too. To your point, right? So they're 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 on their way to being the number one overall seed, right? Yeah, I was it was you could have laid minus one ten for them at the break to win the number one overall seed, and mm-hmm. it was going to be so, and it looks like that's going to be the case. Well over seventy percent chance that they're going to do so, but think you could get the number one overall seed, still be an underdog in a series, and then host Brooklyn in the first round, mm-hmm. and then that's going to be pretty tough. And by the way, uh, they do get Brooklyn later tonight. You see the odds that will win the Eastern Conference uh, via BetMGM. Nets still a favorite liability. Of of course, factors into this. These are not true odds. Bucks plus 320, 76ers plus 325, and there are your Heat at plus 450. Before we get to that, we'll update the number on that Heat uh, Nets game tonight. Just some of the numbers from last night. Uh, 21 to 6, those final five minutes for the Milwaukee Bucks. They outscored the Heat. They shot 7 to 13 compared to 3 of 8 for the Miami Heat, uh, 54% to the, compared to 38%. Big differences, though. 
Heat didn't get a, a free throw attempt. Bucks got six, sank five of them, and the Bucks went two of four from the three point line. Heat went 0 of three, and they also committed three turnovers to none for the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday. So a big reason why they melted down. But as I mentioned today, second leg of a back to back for Miami. They get the Brooklyn Nets. The story here: Kevin Durant is going to make his glorious return for the Brooklyn Nets finally after missing 25 games. Uh, but Toe irritation for Jimmy Butler, right. sore knee for P.J. Tucker. Mm -hmm. They were initially road favorites. Now it is the Brooklyn Nets who are slight one-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Miami. So uh, with all of the injury noise, you don't think, I would think, you would not feel comfortable betting this thing pre-flop. You're waiting to see who's going to be available, who's not, and maybe you can get involved uh, in-game. But we get to see Kevin Durant tonight, so that's a positive thing. We get what? We get to see Kevin Durant tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. said that so fast, I didn't understand what you said. Uh, what about Auburn Mississippi State last night? <laughs> yeah, let's go to college hoops. No, actually, I just want to say with the heat on a back-to-back, with uh, guys banged up like that, there's no way I would bet the Heat again tonight off that type of a loss they had last night in Milwaukee. Yep. So, college hoops. <clears throat> two things to go over from last night as well before we get into uh, what is a very solid slate today. First off, Auburn's still struggling on the road. Although oh, the yeah. result did not indicate it. 81-68, to 68, the final in overtime. Yes, that's an overtime score. Uh, a tie game, 61-61 with 51 seconds left to go. Goes scoreless into the extra period. And the Tigers outscored the Bulldogs 20 to 7, win and cover. Auburn 8 and 3 straight up on the road. We'll call it 4 and 7 ATS as well. But if you've watched this game and if you've kept track of Auburn on the road this season, uh, you know that they got away with one here. And yet again, struggling away from home. I think humans like these true road environment, these true road environments, right? They're tough. In college basketball, mm -hmm. we've discussed this. Home court is very strong for a lot of these teams. I don't think it makes you feel great for a team that's about to embark on a neutral site tournament to win a national championship, does it? No, it actually should not make you feel good about the Tigers going into the SEC tournament. Right. Uh, talking about Auburn or the uh, NCAA tournament because away from home, this team's obviously not the same. It's not even close. Like I said, Auburn nearly lost at Missouri, at Georgia. Those are two terrible teams in the SEC. Last night, had a big lead over Mississippi State, blew it, goes to overtime. And Auburn uh, betting backers get lucky with the uh, blowout no OT last night, Auburn opened a three-point favorite, close four at some spots, and wins that game by 13 in overtime uh, last night. And uh, Auburn was minus 175 on the money line at closing time. But th here's the thing. When a team is continuously struggling like this away from home, it becomes a psychological thing, too. Now I think uh, the Auburn players are going to not play with the same type of confidence when they're on neutral courts. And they don't have to worry about playing true road games at this point anymore. But um, everything from this point forward is going to be something, essentially, when you start tournaments, is going to be uh, uh, a neutral court game. And Auburn hasn't shown it could step up in those types of situations. That's always what, what I look for when I'm trying to handicap at this point of the season, too. Uh, you want to look for teams that have played well on the road in true road games. That's why I was saying I have – Previous last week, I had not seen Gonzaga tested in a true road game so against Kansas, quality opponent. So Kansas State's going to win the title. Kansas State's <laughs> good at covering, but not not always winning on the road. A, a team that's been really good on the road has been Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, you know, Arizona, aside from that uh, Colorado debacle uh, last week, Arizona's been a, a really good team on the road. Actually, also lost at UCLA, but um, every team's going to lose a couple games on the road. I think um, that's one thing you got to look for in tournament time. Conference tournaments. NCAA tournament, look at the true road record or neutral court record of these teams. And uh, I think that can be a telling sign, too, because uh, teams like Auburn, I'm not going to want to back here 
in uh, the postseason because it's obvious the Tigers are not the same team away from their home court. You know who's been pretty good away from home, although they did get a win last night, uh, with wins over Colorado State and Fresno State and Nevada on the road. But UNLV last night uh, gets a pretty big win over Wyoming at home, 65-57. Defense again, how about this, humans? Uh, The Rebels have held six of their last nine opponents to under a point per possession. That's pretty damn good from a defensive standpoint. I expected the Rebels to win that game last night. It was a tough turnaround for the Cowboys after playing Monday night in Laramie against San Diego State. Uh, I saw Jay Cornegay and John Murray from the Westgate Superbook at the game last night, and they said that Rex Byers made Wyoming a two-point favorite, so we all jumped on UNLV. Uh, but now we were going to bet UNLV anyway. Do you know the Cowboys have lost 19 straight games to UNLV in Vegas? Yeah, I didn't know that until the end of the broadcast last night. It was pretty incredible. You know what else is incredible? The KFC chicken sandwich, which is served hot and straight from the fryer. You beat me to it. That's why it's finger-licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. That's right, baby. All right. We'll come back. Bruce Marshall, editor of the Gold Chief, be with us. A little bit more college hoops on the horizon here on The Edge. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before we make your next bet, make sure to check out the betting splits up on vsin.com. Betting splits, another way. VSIN's here to make you smarter, better year round. Check them all out today for every single game and every single sport up at vsin.com. All right, let's welcome in Bruce Marshall, editor of the Gold Sheet. Get uh, through some of these college hoops games that we have on deck today. Bruce, it's good to talk to you. And I wanted to start in the Big Ten. Seven out of eight. That is what Iowa has won. The lone blemish, of course, coming courtesy of Michigan. Wolverines today in the rematch, a two-point favorite at home with a total of 155.5 or 156. Do the Hawkeyes get revenge tonight? 
I'm not sure if they do, JVT. Uh, Michigan, uh, listen, they, this, this has been a pretty good homestand. If, if Illinois didn't hit every bloody shot it took on, on Sunday, and it almost hit 60% from the floor, Michigan could have won that game and would have had three straight wins on this homestand coming into tonight. They took out Michigan State really good the other night. Rutgers last week. They win tonight 3-1 and one on this homestand. That should duly impress the selection committee. Uh, that loss that Iowa suffered to Michigan, listen, uh, Musa Diabate, Biggest game of the year for Michigan that night, 28 points. Dickinson is off his best game of the year against Sparty the other night, 33. And I don't think that uh, the Wolverines lose anything without Juwan Howard because Phil Martello steps right in there. He knows what to do. He's pacing the sidelines like he did at St. Joe's. And it's still more urgent urgency for Michigan tonight than Iowa, which really has its a big dance bid sewn up. So I think Michigan's worth a look. You might want to go over again. But uh, they have taken some good teams down at home this year. Rutgers, Michigan State, we mentioned those two, Purdue, San Diego State earlier. All NC2A teams, all big dance teams, I believe, and uh, all victims of the Wolverines in Ann Arbor. And I think chalk up uh, Iowa is going to be another one tonight. All right, Wolverines going for the uh, regular season sweep of the Hawkeyes in that one. Bruce, uh, before we get to some West Coast games, we've got a lot of small conference tournaments going on now. I know you jump into these a lot. A couple games I noticed on your list today, Marist, Canisius, and Central Arkansas, Jacksonville. That's the Bears and the Dolphins uh, matching up in that latter one. Uh, Give us your breakdown on those two games. Yeah, Marist and Canisius. Holy Bill O'Reilly, what in the name of Rick Smith is going on at Marist? I mean, they have not been this menacing since the Dunking Dutchman was there 35 or so (laughs) years ago. They've won six straight. How many years ago Uh, was that? six straight. About 35, 36 Was it really that many years ago? I was asking myself the same thing the other day, Bruce. Uh, Rick Smith's must have been the late 80s. Okay. Long time ago. But I'll tell you, John Dunn, the coach, is pretty darn good. Listen, he won the CIT at St. Peter's. Seemed like a lateral move, but uh, if you've been to Jersey City or Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie looks a little bit better than Jersey City, so I understand why he moved. But this was the toughest job in the country, arguably, that he took over a few years ago. Now he's got these guys moving. Atuka, the freshman guard, is really good. But the bottom line is they win these games. They win close. They beat Canisius by one a few weeks ago. Canisius loses a lot of these games close. They've lost 8-10. They're not bad, but they just can't seem to get over the hump. So let's go with the Red Foxes tonight in Buffalo. Um, the other one you mentioned there is in the Atlantic Sun. Now, the Canisius game, not yet a tournament. They'll start that next week in Atlantic City in the Metro Atlantic. They are playing the tournament in the Atlantic Sun and uh, this one up in Jacksonville, not far from where I am actually right now. And listen, uh, this team is pretty darn good, the Dolphins. 18-6 and six versus the spread. They beat Central Arkansas by 20 earlier this year. You look at Central Arkansas, all but two of their road games this year they have lost by double-digit margins. And really, they're the anti-Jacksonville. This team ranks 348 in scoring defense. Jacksonville ranks four somewhere. Artist Gilmore is smiling. And uh, I think the Dolphins get them at home here tonight. Lay the 10 points, Jacksonville, uh, and uh, we'll do that. They move into the semifinals in the Atlantic Sun. JVT's like, uh, who's this artist Gilmore character you're talking about? Got nothing. How about that uh, the photo of Bruce we have up on the screen? Was that taken after Super Bowl Twenty One? Was that 35 years ago? Look at yeah, that. Look Bruce how young Bruce. Yeah. Bruce doesn't age much, but, I mean, how old is that photo? Uh, that's back when Rick Smith played for the Pacers. Yeah. Uh, Bruce... You seem to be traveling a lot. Are you ever in Vegas anymore, or are you just all over the country? No, not since they changed the name to Harry Reid Airport. Can I say that? Yeah, I, no, I, I'm, in, I'm in Florida most of the time now. So, uh, But I do come, I'm coming back to Vegas next week, So, uh, but I'm down here now. Yeah. 
I'm going to hit you with a uh, Pac-12 here game next uh, before JVT jumps back in. I want to see what you think of Oregon-Washington tonight. Really disappointing loss for the Ducks over the weekend uh, at the buzzer to USC. Can you get behind the Huskies as home dogs, Bruce, or not? I can't, although I think he might make a, we can make a case for the over here tonight, maybe first and foremost. Uh, the numbers up there, I'm seeing a lot of fives out there now. I could do it with the Ducks. Now, the first game they, they played against Washington back in late January at home in Eugene, 40, it was 44-10 to 10 at one point in the first half, 48-13 at halftime. Washington didn't show up in the first half. Um, they'll do better tonight. Um, they are also over nine of their last ten. They don't play a lot of defense. Um, I mean, Terrell Brown, he, he, is their, he takes more than twice as many shots as anybody else on the team. Uh, they don't play much defense, but Brown is pretty lethal. Oregon, they've got to win these two games. I don't think they're all, they're, they are riding the bonsai pipeline here into the bubble this weekend, but to stay on the surfboards, they have got to win these two games at Seattle and Pullman. I think they can. Uh, Devian Harmon started to play better last week. They've got more balance than the Huskies. Uh, they can go into Seattle and win, but I think over about 144.5, they can get over tonight. That would be my first call on that one. All right, uh, Bruce Marshall with us. All right, Bruce, I actually wanted to stay uh, in the Pac-12. Let's go to Oregon State and Washington State. And walk me through what the market's been doing here with with the Cougars because some of the numbers that they've been laying, you know, that rematch against this Oregon State team, they were laying eight. Uh, they didn't cover that number. They were laying 10 against Washington and then four coming back. They failed to cover both of those. This seems to be a very highly power-rated team, but they are not covering any of these numbers. And they're 14 here again with a total of 139.5. Yeah, you know it's a, you know it's 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 a little hard to lay this many points with these guys. However, Oregon State luckiest guy in the country is Wayne Tinkle for signing that contract extension before the season. This team is three and twenty-five, three and twenty-five. They were an elite eight team last year. What has happened? It's all fallen apart for them. What what can would concern me in the Oregon State tonight? Uh, State side tonight, uh, JVT. They have not put, and a good effort for them this year, it means a game they, they, they push a team and go into overtime but still lose. That's what happened the other night. Um, and the last time that happened, a week ago against USC, they played them tough. UCLA blew the doors off Oregon State the next game. They also played Arizona fairly tough a few weeks ago. Then they got blown away by ASU the, uh, by, uh, ASU the next game. Uh, I don't know if they can follow up another big effort like that. Uh, Washington State shot almost 60% from the floor uh, in that game two nights ago, and Flowers has put up some really good numbers. So I'd lean to Washington State a little bit here. We lean that side a bit. I don't know if it's a featured play, but I just don't like Oregon State covering two games in a row. That's like landing on the moon for Oregon State this season. It's been very tough for them. All right, let's talk about a couple of these other games uh, that are on the board. UC Davis, Long Beach. We, we've seen a move in the total here. Open 145.5, up to 148.5. Uh, a small move here toward Long Beach State as well because they're down to a 5.5. Yeah, I think the beach is worth a look. You know, this has been a really good year for coaches with Gonzaga connections. Not just Mark Few. We know where the Zags are at. But how about Leon Rice at Boise, Fusex assistant? They've won the Mountain West regular season. How about Tommy Lloyd at Arizona? They have won the Pac-12. They're going to be the first seed next week in Vegas. And how about Dan Monson, who actually preceded Mark Few at uh, Gonzaga, went to Minnesota for a few years, and now has really found a home at the beach. If the results go a certain way this weekend, Long Beach can also win the Big West and be the top seed for that tournament which will be, by the way, in that new uh, center in uh, Henderson, right down the street from where I live, uh, next week in the Big West. 
Davis has had this team has been Fauciized this season. They have had more games canceled than any team in the country. They've had eight, um, and when they have played the top level of the Big West, the Beach, Santa Barbara, Fullerton, they have lost and failed to cover each. And the Beach won the first meeting up there. Uh, Joel Murray might be the MVP of the Big West. Lay the points at Long Beach tonight. I'm not sure about that total. I don't like it going up that much, but I think you can lay the five and a half with uh, the beach. All right, and then 787, 788, Cal Poly and Irvine. Irvine, 10 and a half with a total of 122. Uh, Cal Poly, only five wins, but they've covered the last few. I think it's three out of four, Bruce. Yeah, they have, uh, but they really got beaten up at Irvine at the Bren Center a little over a month ago. I, I saw Irvine in person up at Santa Clara earlier this season. I was very impressed. Uh, Colin Velp, uh, Chris Velp's son, I mean, he can, uh, they can put him in the low post, the high post. He's a very versatile threat, much more physical than Cal Poly, um, which isn't winning games, though. They're only 5-20 and 20 this season. There isn't much of a home court there, as this season has veered off into Diablo Canyon up there long ago. This coach, John Smith, that's not an alias, that's his real name, Nine and forty the last two years. I don't know when they moved out Joe Calero a couple of years ago. He's a very shrewd coach mm-hmm. um, that hasn't worked for Smith. And he, uh, well, I guess you can't change your name if you're John Smith. Uh, Irvine, uh, that total is kind of low, but this is a this is a rugged team, and I think they've just got too much. And Velp is a very bad matchup for for uh, Cal Poly. Irvine, Bruce, if I ask you to pick a side quickly, uh, we only got about thirty seconds left on Hawaii, UC Santa Barbara at the Thunderdome with uh, the Gauchos laying seven or seven and a half. Who would you play? I might play uh, the Gauchos here. It looks like they're sort of putting some things together late in the season. Uh, Hawaii, on the mainland. Hawaii has not played that badly in the mainland, but I'm going with the Gauchos here tonight. Bruce, always good to talk to you, sir. Thank you for the time. Okay, boys. All right, we come back. We have more college hoops. Aaron Moore, Pointer Weekly contributor, is going to be More college hoops. Ah, there's never enough this time of year. Come okay. on, This is The Edge on VSN, the sports betting network. All right, get everything you need to bet the madness hot and straight from the fryer. Oh, that's not the same promo. No, no. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our crew is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Wes Reynolds, JVT, Jeff Parles, Ben Wilson, nice. and more. On every key team conference, player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only slash badness. I mentioned some other guys on staff because I know some. Dudes are sensitive that Greg Peterson is the one who's mentioned on this read. It says, get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson and nobody else. And a few other guys on staff were, hey, where's my name? Why, why is my name not listed? So I threw a few of their names in there. Look, as hoops. somebody who's huh? specifically named in our NBA promos, trust me, it's not that big of a deal. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't anyway. care less personally, but I think it's funny. 
Let's uh, let's go out. Let's welcome in one of the uh, the many people who do a good job for Point Spread Weekly here at VSIN, Aaron Moore, who, who is an awesome follow, pub relation prof, and an awesome listener. And we're going to listen to him talk right now. Aaron, it's good to talk to you. Uh, let's start with a specific game before we get to some of the big picture topics uh, that are on your mind here. Iona, Manhattan. Uh, right now we're looking at 9.5. The total open 144.5, and it's down to 142.5. What does Iona do now buoyed by the fact that Patino ain't going anywhere? He's not going to Maryland. Oh. Well, it's a, that's going to be an interesting game, guys, because you have Patino, in his case with Iona, going against his protege, Steve Massiello, who's yep. not really having a good year. And I think this is going to be a case where Iona is going to go a little bit light on Manhattan. And if you saw Patino the other day was tweeting out one of his former players to, to get a coaching job, he's very... Uh, connected to his protege. So in this case, I like Manhattan to hang around in a very low-scoring game. Total of uh, 142.5. So you're playing that under the total, or did you already play yeah. that under a better total? Yeah, I got that at 145.5, yeah. and it okay. went down immediately. And that was one of the interesting games where, you know, you look at college basketball, the board is so big that that total at 145.5 could clearly jumped out to me as a total that was too high. And within minutes, it lowered. So uh, a lot of people must have seen that. Uh, Aaron Moore, moving numbers on the board this morning, <laughs> playing under 145 <laughs> in the Iona-Manhattan game. Follow him on Twitter at Pub Relations Prof. All right, uh, I, I do want to get your big-picture thoughts on betting some of these small conference tournaments because I'm getting a lot of questions from people. Hey, do you see any odds value in this conference or this conference in the futures? Ohio Valley, Patriot Summit, uh, even the ACC, where I did bet Duke at minus 125. Uh, how are you going to, going to approach those? I know a lot of people say, well, bet, bet the money lines and roll them over. Not everybody has the patience or, let's say, discipline to do that. Sometimes people just want to make one bet. How are you going to approach the conference tournaments if you play any of these futures, Aaron? Well, it's interesting. It, the rolling over the money line is definitely the way to go. But as you said, Matt, it takes patience. It takes deliverance. You had a deliverance to constantly go to the site and make sure you're you're putting it in. When you can just get a futures ticket, it's a lot easier. So there's what I like to call a futures ticket has a convenience tax in it, mm-hmm. and that's usually what we like to play. I think the smaller tournament odds in terms of value and looking at what's out there is look at Murray State. They are minus 190 to win the Ohio Valley. They should win. They're the best team. They rolled through the tournament, or excuse me, they rolled through the regular season undefeated. But minus 190 is a crazy price to pay in that way. If you're going to play Murray State, just wait until the championship game if they're in there. I can't imagine that money line is going to be dramatically different than the minus 190 because they're either going to play Moorhead, who they play two close games with, or Belmont, who has that name that a lot of people recognize. They destroyed Belmont in two games this year, but you would think that third game in a championship would have a much different different complexion to it. So the way I look at the Ohio Valley is you either play Murray in the championship game, you want to play them on the money line at a big minus number. I don't think it's going to be much different than their future. Or I think Belmont is the better play here, or Moorhead. Either one of those, you can get Moorhead eight to one. That is a team that has played Murray State closer and better than any other Ohio Valley team. 
So if you're to take Moorhead, you get them 8-1. to one. They basically have to beat Belmont and Murray State. I think there's some value in that. I like it. Aaron Moore with us. All right, so let's talk about a conference uh, that seems to be uh, pretty even here, Aaron, when you look at the Mountain West. Boise State, the favorite to win the Mountain West Conference Tournament at 3-1, to one, but we're talking about all the way down to Utah State. Uh, the Aggies are 7-1, to one, so there are a lot of teams that are pretty close to one another in terms who's, of power. Who's going to bet Utah State at 7-1? to one? No, but uh, just from the odds perspective. Not even somebody on the cheerleading squad. Uh, huh? the, uh, I would, <laughs> well, maybe somebody on the cheerleading squad. <laughs> Regardless, there does seem to be uh, some fluidity potential here with some of these teams in the middle of the pack, but what do you see in the Mountain West conference tournament it, once again it's looking at it for value and the way the mountain west is so consolidated with those teams i think it creates value and i've been looking at the odds boards a lot the future boards and i've seen where boise state which we expect to be the number one seed they're one of the favorites on one site but then you go to others and you see san diego state yeah. and you see colorado state favored and boise state has the third best odds on the board and that's something where I really want to jump and look at Boise State because San Diego State, just with Dutcher's history there, there's a lot of support that they get. Colorado State was supposed to be that mid-major darling. They had a good season, but not the season that everyone expected them to have. So they have a little bit more cachet. If I can look at an odds board and see Boise State having a little bit more than Colorado State and San Diego State, I really like Obviously, there's a lot to like about the Broncos, and if they're uh, the third best odds, there's certainly more to like. Yeah, you yeah. definitely have to shop around uh, because the graphic we're looking at here has Boise State as a favorite, Colorado State and San Diego State as the second and third choices, but you can definitely find uh, better numbers on Boise State or different odds depending on where you look. Uh, for, and for Aaron's, for uh, the point that Aaron made, by the way, like DraftKings, for example, San Diego State, the favorite of plus 310. Colorado State, the co-favorite of plus 310. Boise State, a plus 320. Right. And then that's something uh, that I think is definitely worth looking at because I believe, too, the Broncos should at least be the favorites to win the Mountain West Conference Tournament. You know, Aaron, uh, I did make a bet on the um, Summit League Conference Tournament on uh, Monday night. I, I laid 165 with South Dakota State because I thought that number should be $2 or maybe even a little bit higher. Right now, the Westgate's moved that number from minus 165 to 240. Uh, did you do anything in the um, in the Summit League? And do you th- would you give North Dakota State the best chance to knock off South Dakota State to Jackrabbits? Absolutely, North Dakota State is the team. If somebody's going to win, other than the Jackrabbits, is them. I did. I did jump at that minus 165 because that looked just too good of a number. And I don't think the Summit League has that parity that the Ohio Valley does. And the minus 190 for Murray, if we compare those two, the minus 190 to Murray State, as good as they are, there's two or three other teams in the Ohio Valley that could win. In the Summit, it's really one and then maybe one other team. So that I got the 165 when that came out. Okay, let's talk about the Atlantic 10, which is a very underrated tournament, or a very underrated conference, and it's going to be a great conference tournament. How do you break that down? Because uh, Davidson's a team I like a lot because of their shooters, but Davidson uh, doesn't really defend very well. I, I think that's going to be an interesting league tournament. How do you break it down in uh, the last two minutes here? And Davidson was one of my big future plays. I loved them to win the A-10 title, and they, they should be in that position to do it for the regular season. But come tournament time, and you got to remember this tournament is now in Washington, D.C. It's not in Brooklyn like it has been the last few years. Come tournament.
tournament time, I'm going to go with defense, and I really like the way VCU is playing. They're only giving up about 60 points a game. They had a couple games early on uh, postponed and basically not played because of COVID, and it took them a few weeks to get rolling while Davidson was rolling. So I'm going to change my perspective moving into the tournament. I really like this VCU team. I love the way Ace Baldwin plays. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the country, even in the, here in the Northeast. So Davidson has that ability to shoot. You have Lee, you have Lawyer, you have Brockovich. Those are really good shooters. But if you look at the history of the A-10 tournament, it really becomes a defensive game and the defensive tournament through, uh, throughout the tournament, excuse me, defensive games throughout the tournament. So uh, I'm going BCU. Aaron Moore with us. Again, at Pub Relation Prof up on Twitter. Aaron, we are up against it, but we appreciate the time. Great stuff, man. Thank you very much, guys. Good luck to you. Uh, by the way, so they, to go back really quickly to the Boise State thing, mm-hmm. uh, MGM out here, you can get them at plus 325. Colorado State, San Diego State, the co-favorites at 3-1. to one, So, Who do you like in the Mountain West? I, I'm coming around a little bit more on Boise, but uh, the more that I'm looking at Wyoming at like a six plus 625 in that range where you can get them, I think I might sprinkle a couple of bucks on the Cowboys. No, I can't do that because they've lost 19 straight in Vegas to UNLV. To UNLV. Yeah, yeah. Maybe on a neutral. It makes a little bit of difference. How about Colorado State? Nobody's talking about Colorado State because they got run off the floor twice by the Rebels. They also kind of stink. All right, we'll come back with best bets. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Zinn Nicotine Pouch is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and are made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zinn is available in 10 varieties and 2 strengths. 3 milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and 6 milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet. You can enjoy Zinn anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom. Find your satisfaction. Find your Zinn. Visit Zinn.com. That's ZYN.com to learn more and to find Zinn nicotine pouches near you. Zinn nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm over 21, so I just tried this. You also have no children, so it's good for the child-resistant lock thing. I got the new citrus flavor. Did you pop one right now? I've got one in right now. Did you put it between your lip and your gum? Yes. Okay. All right. The citrus tastes pretty damn good, I'll tell you that. Amal Shah was on to something. So huh? Amal Shah was right about that. This is the, the three-level strength, and this uh, wintergreen, which I previous had, is six. Oh, okay. That's for the late nights. Go for the three. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. what I would say. Stick with the three. Six is for the, with the, yeah. Go with the citrus. Late nights at Oasis, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, hey, that's time, huh? Speaking of that, Friday night okay. at Oasis, we have um, a party for Brian Blessing to honor our late buddy, Get out of here. Who uh, died in January. What's that? Can I come? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's open to the public. Anybody who wants to come, show up. We're going to have food and drinks all night in the side banquet room at Oasis Bar and Grill on Decatur, starting at about 6.30 uh, Friday. I'm totally in. A night to honor Brian Blessing. That's right. Really good cause. I'm in for that. Okay. All right. With that, let's get to uh, some best bets. Recap from last night. We'll move on to today. Uh, recap. So the theory proved correct for a third consecutive game. How about this, Matt Eubens? Tyrese Maxey yesterday with a very good performance. Uh, third quarter, I think he had 13 points for the Philadelphia 76ers, but it goes over his point total prop of 16 and a half. The third consecutive game in which Tyrese Maxey has gone over his player to point prop. I followed the game. Right. And you... You really didn't have to sweat this out. No. Nah, the third quarter, he took over a little bit. Yeah. Well, and, they, and I think, so if you were watching the game, the, my observation, too, was, so in that first half, the 76ers get down by double digits. It seemed like one of those were Embiid and Harden were getting pretty frustrated by the lack of foul calls. So they kept doing this thing where they just were demanding the ball and not looking for guys around them. In the third quarter, things opened up a little bit. Harden and Embiid started giving the ball up a little bit more. They allowed Maxi to start running the offense, things like that, and good things happened for him, and eventually they took the lead. So that got there. Uh, in the column early this morning, Celtics, uh, this was actually Grizzlies minus three on the road. And I think this was partly because Jalen Brown is not going to play today. But Jalen Brown, well, he's a very good player. The Grizzlies are not three points better in Boston than the Celtics, who have been ripping off wins left and right, or right. twelve and two straight up in their last fourteen games. So I played this at pick this morning. It's up to two and a half now in favor of the Celtics, and this would make more sense. A two point, or excuse me, a home court advantage this year is worth two points, so that puts you right about the same level there uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies on a neutral. Derek White has been incredible for this team already, the second best uh, efficiency differential on the squad in his little time that he's been there, so it's a short sample size. Good transition defender as well, so I think he makes up the loss for Brown, but definitely figured that that was going to be moving in that direction, and sure enough, read that right. So hopefully that gets there. Uh, closing line value trophy has not really uh, led to winners a lot in the NBA recently, so we'll see if that's actually going to be the case here today. Well, I liked your prop play last night because, you know, a lot of people have a perception, well, a guy like Tyrese Maxey, he can't be a team's third option. You got to have a better third option. Why? Right. I think he's fully capable of being the third option for the Sixers. I agree. I watched this game. I watched the game last night. I thought he was great offensively. Yep. I think it was uh, Stephen A. Smith and the uh, ESPN folks were saying, uh, you know, Tobias Harris got to step up. You know, Tyrese Maxey can't be the third option. For how, the how long are you going to wait for Tobias Harris to step up? Agreed. 
Agreed. And he only had 14 points last night. There were some opportunities for him to go over his point total. But again, uh, to me, and I was texting our buddy Doug Kazirian about this last night, and we, we were in agreement. We, we had him on the podcast last week. The odd man out is Harris. It is not a Tyrese Maxey. Maxey offers him so much more. Uh, so with that, we move on to college hoops. Uh, you were on the same side here. UNLV laying the point, gets the win over Wyoming. So I'm going to go into the Pac-12 today, and I'm just going to – I'm just going to – I'm going with an ugly dog. And we talked about this with Bruce Marshall. <laughs> ugly beaver. Uh, an ugly beaver. Yes, that is correct. Uh, marsupial, whatever they are. Uh, regardless, I don't think beavers are marsupials. To me, it's just it's a play against Washington State because and you and I have talked about this a couple of times. I just don't understand what the market's been doing with Washington State with some of these numbers lately. And they've only covered uh, two games uh, since February 5th. But we're talking about big numbers, seven and a half at Cal, 11 at home against Arizona State uh, versus Washington the first time around, laying 10. Then you go to Washington, you lay four on the road. You just laid eight on the road against Oregon State. You couldn't mm-hmm. cover that number either. So the, like, the market has this weird respect for Washington State, but it really hasn't been there. So I'm just going to ride this and grab 14 and say, you know what? Uh, better served as an underdog, which they were. They were catching seven at USC. They ended up losing by two. They were catching five at Oregon. They covered yeah. that game too. But laying some of these big numbers, I've just it's been kind of perplexing to me with the Cougars. Well, I, I kind of think in situations like this, you have to make the number big because nobody wants to bet the Beavers. I will. Oh, I don't blame you. <laughs> right? I've, I've looked to uh, bet Oregon State in a couple spots recently, including that game against USC last week. Yep. Uh, I think Oregon State is the type of team you can actually find some value on at this point because they're so desperate to win a game. And, and Wayne Tinkle's got those guys playing hard. When you're a basketball player and you haven't won a game in two months, you're playing your ass off. you you got two options. You're going to play your ass off to try to win a game or you're going to quit. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't think Oregon State has quit. Wayne, Wayne Tinkle's still a good coach. It's just one of those seasons where everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. They've lost uh, close games, overtime games. I thought about playing them tonight, but ultimately I passed. I, oh man, there's so many games on tonight's card, and I just yeah. can't find one I really like as a best bet. I might make a couple small bets tonight, but – um, I don't want to throw something out there that I'm not really confident in. Last night, uh, UNLV was a winner, uh, minus one. Rebels controlled the game for the most part, uh, start to finish. Bryce Hamilton did not have a good shooting game, but he hit a big three with about five and a half minutes to go to make it 56-50, and that's where the Rebels started to create some separation and pull away to win the game last night, 64-57. to And uh, 19 straight losses for the Cowboys against the Rebels in Las Vegas. Conference tournament futures, just talked about these a little bit with Aaron Moore. I thought South Dakota State was uh, offered at a bargain price when it was first put up at the Westgate Superbook at minus 165. So I went ahead and played it. I thought the price should be minus two, $2, maybe a little bit higher. And right now we're seeing 240 uh, So hopefully you can either find a, a, a price less than $2 or – um, hopefully you bet it already because I wouldn't lay 240. Uh, the price has got to be right, and I thought minus 165 was a really good price on South Dakota State to Jackrabbits. And uh, also played Duke minus 125 to win the ACC. To me, Duke's just on a different level than the rest of the teams in that conference. And uh, with Coach K's final ride coming up, this is going to be unbearable this weekend, this final home game. I can guarantee you I'm not going to watch that North Carolina Duke game. I'm not going to watch a Coach K love fest. You're not? No. You sure? Not going to watch one. You don't want to watch grainy footage of the rivalry with Duke, you know, Coach K on the sideline. I bet Duke the first time they played Carolina this season in Chapel Hill, and the Blue Devils just blew them out. It was uh, it was no contest. Uh, yeah, that was a good. 
I remember uh, that. For some oh. reason, I thought you were going to say, I bet the first Duke Carolina game. And I was like, I don't think you're that old. I'm sure Bruce Marshall did. <laughs> he was 14. He was there. 1937, <laughs> whenever it was. But uh, uh, Duke's got too much talent, I think, to, to lose an ACC tournament. Hey, these guys are going to be yeah. – don't underestimate how hard these guys are going to be playing to win for Coach K in March. Like it or not, I think Coach K is going to be a good bet in a lot of these games in March. So – uh, South Dakota State to win the Summit, Duke to win the cool. ACC. I'm still looking. I like Dave Koken said on yesterday's show, smoking Koken was right. I like to look for long shots in these conference tournaments too. But you have to look at the brackets. You have to like the matchups in the bracket. And it's very difficult to find live long shots in some of these tournaments. We found one last year. Remember in the ACC tournament in Georgia Tech? Yep. Uh, but the brackets got to kind of open up for a long shot to get there. And you're, I'm just not finding a lot of odds value in some of the uh, conferences that have been posted uh, right now. Hopefully, I can come up with some more plays by tomorrow. And uh, to your point, too, um, like go back two years ago, because I was struggling to remember when this was, uh, 2020, Wyoming was awful in the Mountain West. In the Mountain West. Oh, they came yeah. out and they beat Colorado State in the opening round. They beat Nevada and they pushed Utah State in 89-82 final. Like, you know, you talk about long shots making runs in tournaments. You're right. That I was bet, one of them. Wyoming bet, caught fire. I bet Utah State to win that tournament. Yep. I'm yeah. not betting that Utah That was the wild State. end, right? Huh? That was the uh, the wild end, right? Sam Merrill, yeah. the shot, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, not going to bet Utah State this, this time. Uh, no. Really quickly, uh, just worth mentioning in the last couple of minutes, because it, I will say this. Tonight is an absolutely loaded NBA card. There are a lot of good games today. Uh Uh, We talk about the return of Kevin Durant against the Miami Heat. Uh, Bulls and Hawks will play one another today. Grizzlies and Celtics. How about the other games we haven't even touched on? Warriors and Mavericks, the rematch from Sunday night, in which the Mavericks used a 26-1 run to overcome a 21-point deficit. Uh, We had a flip of favorites there. Warriors opened up as a a 2.5-point road favorite. Mavericks now laying 1.5. Actually, I think it's up to 2.5 now in multiple spots for the Dallas Mavericks. And then you get the Lakers and the Clippers later tonight as well. So it is a really big card and that Lakers Clippers game carries a lot of weight the Clippers have won six out of seven games they've covered those six games and right now in control of the eighth seed the Lakers are going to climb their way up to that area don't which hold they your, only want to win one game don't hold your breath got to win this game here all right that does it for us if you miss out any part of the show great guest Bruce Marshall or more you can check it out at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts my guest in the desert coming up next we'll see you The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.